You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 46 of the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined by Chris for our final show of 2018. Chris, how have you been? Uh, not too bad, thank you, Craig. It's flown by, hasn't it? It absolutely has. It's a bit of a hectic month and we're finally coming to the end of this, so it's glad we haven't got any more shows to fit in because I don't know if we would before the <laughs> before the holidays. No idea where we'd put it in, yeah, yeah. We start this week with a bit of breaking news, which is rare for this show. As of about a couple of minutes ago, they did the Continental Cup draw for the next round. That kind of gives away what we're going to be talking about later in the show, but nonetheless, Birmingham City were drawn away to Arsenal. Chris, it's going to be a tough draw, and it's a bit of a bit of a trek in the midweek for the fans to get down for this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a jaunt, isn't it? You know, having to having to go down the motorway to to Arsenal on a weeknight. I think obviously we couldn't draw Man City um, because we had them in our group. So out the three options, I think Arsenal was probably the middle choice. Man United being in the division below would have been a really interesting tie and one that you'd have certainly backed us to win. I think Arsenal, if they had Jordan Nobbs and Kim Little available to them, probably would have been the hardest tie, but they haven't got those players available to them, which probably makes Chelsea the tougher game. I, I think Kim Little might be back for the for the game in January, but uh, yeah. I oh, good. I... <laughs> in, in, in that case, scrap everything I've just said, and it's the worst possible joy we could have had. Then. <laughs> that sounds about right, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's good. No, look, it'll be it'll be tough. They're top of the league. They've they've scored goals for fun. They beat us, you know, at, at their place earlier on in the season in the league. But actually, I thought we we give a really good account of ourselves there. And on the day, I think it was Jordan Nobbs who was the difference maker. Now, obviously, Jordan's not going to be available. But if Kim Little's back, then then Kim Little is also a player that can that can really change a game and, and make a difference. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the teams are. But, yeah, it, it's a tough draw. Finishing second in the group away from home, you know, playing, playing one of the teams who, who topped their group, it was always going to be a tough draw. We did run them, run them to the line for the most of that game when we played away at Arsenal. So yeah, yeah, it's going it's to be a good game to watch, even if uh, it's going to be a tough one. So lots to discuss this week. Birmingham City travelled to the Academy Stadium to face Manchester City week last Sunday as they looked to make it five wins on the bounce. Sadly for Blues fans, our winless streak in Manchester continued as we suffered a one-nil defeat. Birmingham had won just once in nine attempts in Manchester since 2014. The only goal of the game came from informed midfielder Georgia Stanway, who now has 10 goals in 11 matches in the league this season. It was another example, Chris, of us gifting the opposition a goal, really. But despite what pundits have been saying, I don't blame Hannah for the goal. Maybe it was a lapse in concentration, but I don't think a mistake is the right label to describe what happened. The ball was played back by, I think it was Harriet Scott, as she takes a touch, uh, Hampton. Before she can play the pass off, it bounces off her standing foot and it's obviously taken it away from where she's going to strike the ball. And the resulting kick isn't a clean one and Stanway intercepts and finishes it well. It's one of those moments that maybe happens one every ten times and technique-wise she did everything right, but sometimes you can't legislate for a weird bounce. Plenty of English goalkeepers over the years can attest to that. What did you think of the incident, Chris? Um, I think you probably do have to call it a mistake, 
but it, you know, like you say, it's not it, it's not a goalkeeping error as such. It's it's a footballing error, if you like. You know, the the touch with her left foot, which she obviously didn't mean to make, has forced the error, um, and Stanway's pounced. And I, I felt sorry for her because for the rest of the game, you know, she was she was very good and she, she didn't really make it, put another foot wrong. It's really disappointing that we've lost the game one nil, and it's that. That's the goal that we've lost it to. It's gutting for Hannah because she, she's come into, you know, she's played the two games before that and she's played such a massive game, Man City away in the league, second versus third. Fortunately, we've lost the game 1-0 and, and, it, and it's that mistake, it's that error that has cost us the point at the end of the day. We've had chances in the second half. I thought we played very, very well, especially in that second half and we really took the game to City. Um, which is something that we haven't done very often up at the academy stadium. You know, we've we've sort of hung in games, but for the second half we really took the game to them. But you know, it's it's a one 0 defeat. But you, again, you've got I think you've got to take some pride away from from the performance with the way that the girls played. Yeah, absolutely. After the goal, as you say, I thought we looked fairly comfortable to be honest. Uh, Nikita Paris had a great chance that she failed to control from a corner. Megan Sargent did just enough to get the ball away from her into the hands of Hannah Hampton. Lucy Quinn had another good chance for us, hitting an effort just over where the post and the crossbar meet from just inside the area. Lucy Stanley Forth also came close with a few efforts, one that whistled past the post and one that I think she hit the post. Match stats don't always uh, show a true reflection of the game, we know that, but once again we had more of the ball, more shots, and for a team that's labelled as aggressive, we were fouled 19 times on that game and we only committed three fouls. What do you think of it, Chris? As we continue to point out, we are without an international standard striker in Ellen White and yet we continue to go head-to-head with the so-called big sides. And another one in Rachel Williams. Absolutely, yeah. I think teams are getting constantly surprised by this blue side. You know, I think there's a reputation in, in women's football that we're a dogged deterrent. You know, we, we keep reading it week in, week out from... Whether it's Rachel Brown Finnis in her in her column or or journalists coming out with it that the Blues are you know doing so well to be where we are and we've got you know we, we're a dogged side we're really good defensively and things like that but and then and then teams play us and I think they're really I think there is a surprise that the change that's happened over the last 12 months or so that that we are really you know that there is such a desire to control the game and and to attack teams. And I think City were surprised, which is probably why you saw that foul count really high. They're not used to not having a lot of the ball and Jill Scott was getting passed around quite comfortably and Kira Walsh really was pushing her luck in that second half with the amount of fouls she was giving away. I think she was booked early on for a pull back on Follis and she made one or two challenges in the second half that, that could have been second yellows. City aren't impressing me the way they're playing. They're picking up results and they're picking up wins, but they're not impressive the way they play. I, I, I don't think, you know, that that's just my personal opinion, but they're surprised at the way we want to come out and play. We've played Man City a lot over the last 24, 36 months. I think the last 12, we've really developed that style that we play and I think they're surprised at how we're coming out now. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, they're not playing as well as you, people might expect them to play, but they're getting those 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 points and those wins where maybe yeah. maybe other teams aren't. I think it's that strength, you know, that you mentioned about the fouls. Sometimes, sometimes when you when you're not playing well and the other team are, are on top against you, you've that's the way you've got to play. You've that Man City midfield at stages in that second half, we were passing around them quite comfortably and we were getting the better of them. At some stages in the season, you've got to make fouls and commit fouls just to break play up and 
and and try and get yourself back in the game. And that's what they did to us on Sunday. You know, they'll, they'll score an awful lot of goals against other teams because they've got good players. But when they come up against us, and I think talking to a few Arsenal fans as well, I think that's the that's the feeling I got from from when they beat Arsenal as well. That you know that they got their noses ahead and you know bullied their way to, to the win, if you like, if that if that's the way you want to put it. But it's working for them at the moment. They've got themselves in in a title race, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens between now and the end of the season. Next up was Bristol City as we look to confirm our place in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. You might have guessed that we already got free by, based on that we revealed who we're playing in the next round. but We didn't lose 4-0, that's what we can say. <laughs> exactly, uh, the visitors needed a big win to knock us out. I think it was an eight-goal eight swing they needed on the night. In what was no doubt a very cold, freezing night at Damson Park, Chris, you were down for this one. My God, it was so cold. It was, it was pretty evident from the start, you know, Bristol... Bristol weren't going to win 4-0. They'd come to make it very difficult for us. The intensity wasn't really there, which, you know, I think I think Mark afterwards said was was he was disappointed with because he wants that intensity to always be there. But it's difficult. Freezing cold night. Last game of of the calendar year, 0-0 epitomised the way the game went, really. We, we huffed and we puffed, but the, the quality in the attacking front wasn't 100% there. No, and I think Mark used the word bored. He was bored after this. I don't know if he was bored of the <laughs> bored of still not being able to fa- uh, fashion chances, or he was just bored of having to say the same thing after every game that we haven't done enough to get over the line. But I don't know. It, 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 he's, he's obviously wishing the players well over the holidays to get back and raring to go because last we we all know what happened in January last year. We obviously came back and got blown away by Sunderland in our first game. So yeah, he's obviously expecting the the confidence is reasonably high at the moment. They're obviously well gelled team now and hopefully their their positivity will go into the January period and we'll get some wins again what you've also got at the start of January is two very big games you got Reading at home in the league which is the first game back and then obviously now the the Continental Cup quarter final away at Arsenal you know in that week as well so you got three games in a week at the start of January which are going to be very difficult and I think he may have may have said that you know with with one eye on the fact that the girls have got to be got to be on it straight away when we come back in January because there's no letting up you've got a week there where you know three wins makes a really a really big difference you're in the semi-final of a cup and and you're back in the shout for Champions League in the league Absolutely, and we've got a good record in recent games against Reading, so hopefully we can get a positive result in January. Speaking of Reading, one of the substitutes on the game against Bristol City, Harriet Scott, came on, and I thought, uh, from what I could read, she added a bit of an atta- attacking impetus to the Blues side, Chris. She was more like the, probably the most likely to score coming on eh, in the second half. Yeah, I, I think she brought a balance. You know, we had Paige on the left, and I think Megan started on the right, and I'm such a massive fan of Megan, you know, her progression over the last 24 months. But I think I think she's much more suited to centre half now than right back and and Harriet comes on at right back and I think there was a th- much more of a threat down that right hand side because she could get forward and you know she's she's played the last few games as well so she's got the confidence of being in that team you know and making a difference and I think she did she you know she brought uh, you know the word I mentioned balance to to the side and and we could get forward both fullbacks getting forward in equal measure and uh, and we put a bit more pressure on the Bristol back line. And it's, and it's also important to note that she's Irish Player of the Year, which is great. And we're finally getting to see that sort of quality out of her now that she's getting games. And Chris, um, I think she's I think she's trained na- naturally as a left-back. So I, uh, the fact that she's playing so well at right-back is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a little bit of ignorance, really. When, when you know, obviously being a Blues fan, you don't, you don't see the opposition players unless you play them, really. You know, I don't. 
So I didn't know a great deal about Harriet, but certainly she's come in and the biggest credit you could pay is that she's come in and, and made that right back slot her own. Um, you know, played played a big part in in what in what we're trying to do as a team. Really, if you if you had to put your your starting eleven, your best starting eleven forward, whether it be four at the back or three at the back, and and play wing backs, I think Harriet probably gets put into both sides at the moment. So, you know, fair play to her. She's she's come in, you know, in the summer to to a new surroundings and, and settled in. You know, I think she had a, an injury as well last season with Reading, so she's come in and, and got back playing, and, and, and she's, she's a big part of that squad at the moment. On to penalties it went then, and it was a battle of the new and old, I guess you could say, as Sophie was the keeper who was displaced by the arrival of Anne back in 2016, and no doubt Sophie had something inside herself to prove against Mark after letting her go in the summer. Both keepers are fantastic, and it proved to be the case as the shootout began. Three saves in all, two for Sophie and one for Anne. Lucy Stan fired the opening kick for the Blues into the net. Then Berger saved Lucy Graham's shot for Bristol City. We know in hindsight that Sophie saved Charlie Wellings' effort next up. From But from where you were, Chris, how confident did Sophie look at, uh, when Charlie was stepping up? Obviously, after Anne had previously saved uh, Lucy Graham's effort. Yes, yeah, she, she looked. She's a confident keeper. And you said, I, th- I think I think Sophie wanted to play first team football, which you know pro- probably swayed the decision for her to go, but. Yeah, that honestly, I thought Berger's save from Lucy Graham was good, but Sophie's penalty save from from Charlie was was top draw, getting down really low to her left. You know, that that ball looked to be destined for the bottom corner, and Sophie's pulled out a really good save, and the the tide swings then, it, which he does so quickly and easily in penalty shootouts. Absolutely, and as a keeper who's maybe not particularly tall, she really dominates. The area she gets gets across quickly in games, and she's pivotal for what Bristol City are trying to do this season. Yeah, and last season as well. You know, the when she was there on loan, she she had a really good year getting first team football, regular action, and it's paying off this season with the displays that she's putting in, winning Player of the Month awards, and and really looking the part. And I think you know a spot in that England squad, I think, is is not far away if she keeps going the way she is. Katie Rood then levelled it up for Bristol 1-1 after two penalties each. Then Keris Harrop struck the post before Poppy Pattinson put Bristol ahead. The pressure is obviously now reversed and Follis steps up only for Sophie to make another fine save. Bristol go on and win thanks to Ella Rutherford's strike from the spot. What a summer transfer window Tanya Oxtoby and Bristol have had. The expectations are probably quite low after Willie, Willie Kirk left and Lauren Hemp left for Manchester City. But Tanya's brought in the likes of Sophie on a permanent deal. Poppy Pattinson from Manchester City and Ella Rutherford from Millwall Lionesses all played a big part in this win in the Cup on penalties and have had great starts to the season too. The defeat on penalties leaves us second in the league group behind Manchester City, but still through to the next round, as we've already mentioned. Is this a sign of progress, Chris? Last year, we, of course, we went out in the group stages after defeats to Manchester City and Everton. This time around, we haven't lost in normal time, but for two penalty shootouts, we could be top of the group. Yeah, and and I think that's the way you got to look at it. You know, we haven't lost. I did. I wasn't there for the Man City game. We we were in America, but for the rest of them, been in full control. We really should have beat Bristol. You know, it, it was one of them games where you where you definitely felt like we should have gone on and won the game. So it's it's credit to to where we are that we're the team in control now. You know, last season we we didn't make it out of the group stages. Two penalty shootouts and three wins. 
from your group. It's good. It, you've got to you've got to take confidence from that, you know. But cup competitions, obviously, you can go to penalty shootouts. So maybe maybe work on your penalties a little bit as we've as we've lost both of them this season. Let's hope so. As we look to get our place in the final, which has been announced at Bramall Lane, the home of Sheffield United. So hopefully which we there. won't be able to go to. That's unfortunate because Chris is uh, probably going to the men's game. Is that Chris? They got, they got a game. Yeah. Is it a big game? Well, it's it's a it's a game. You know, and, you know the the decision's been made to put it on that Saturday. Conveniently, Chelsea and Arsenal men's teams are playing on the Sunday, and Man City men's team I think is the Saturday evening. So you know, if you're the FA, you want Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal to be in the final. You you put it where. Where those teams aren't playing, which just so happens to be Saturday morning, Saturday Saturday lunchtime. Sorry, so really convenient, and um, won't be surprised to see uh, the final consist of two out of those three teams, and everybody will be delighted because they'll be able to get a big crowd. However, if it's Blues Reading, you've you've got a big problem because Blues and Reading men's team are playing on that Saturday, so there won't be many people there. I know it would be unprecedented, but could the clubs agree to move the men's game to the Sunday? I know it would. I know it'd be weird, but given that if both teams got to the final, that would be yeah. a really good sign of way the times are improving. I guess if if the men's it team would move, it would. It'd be lovely. It'd be lovely for us, but you've got twenty other thousand fans who, you know, who might say a thing about that that their game, their three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday is being disrupted for a women's game that. That they might not necessarily be interested in. Obviously, it'd be brilliant for us, and maybe that's something they've got to they've got to look at if it if it does end up being us and Reading or someone like that in the final. Then um, maybe maybe they need to look at the kickoff time because honestly, there, there is not going to be many people there at all. On to the news now, and last week it was announced that goalkeeper Hannah Hampton has signed her first professional deal with the club. As you may or may not be aware, a player can only sign a pro deal when they turn 18 years old. Hannah's birthday was last month and it was revealed talks began after the West Ham game. With Sophie leaving for Bristol and Franz Stenson leaving for Man City, it was important to tie down a keeper for the future. What have you thought of Hannah since she made her debut last year, Chris? Confident, and that's what I like to see in a keeper. You don't want there to be many nerves because that, that can that can filter through the team into the defence and the defence can get nervous about the keeper. So you, know, you want your keeper to be to be to be strong, you want her to be confident, and, and I think that's Hannah in a nutshell. You know, I've been very impressed. Represented England at underage level, so you know, there's definitely something about her. You know, a good kid, a, a, a popular part of the squad. I think she's, you know, she's she seems very lively, very bubbly person, and I think that's, you know, that, that's obviously a big part as well that that players want to be around her, are happy to be around her in the squad, and I think you know, it, it's good to have her have her tied down, and hopefully she can. She can continue to blossom and have a really good career. Absolutely. And I got the chance to speak to her parents in the summer. And I got the impression, as you say, that she's a very confident person. Someone is not short of confidence. And she wants to play and will put the work in training to get her chances. And when she has the chances, she takes them. And as you said, she was unfazed after that early slip against Man City and was rarely troubled after that. And hopefully if she gets more chances in the second half of the season, she'll continue to grow as a keeper. And of course, she moved over to Spain when she was five years old and played for Villarreal's youth team. So she's going to be someone who's got experience of playing to different countries and that might be a great thing going forward if we get into the Champions League one day. Also in the news, well, it might be not news per se, but it's nice to see that the media team behind the men's side are really pushing the women's side this festive season. 
We've had the pie face quiz with the likes of Paige Williams, Kez and Lucy Quinn. Then the players had to guess which of their teammates had been photoshopped in classic Christmas pictures, like Keris Harrop as Elf, which was good. And the latest was a combined effort between the men's and women's sides to visit sick kids in hospital. Rachel Williams, Ellen White and Marissa Ewers were the female players who went. We need more of this, don't we, Chris, to get more exposure and to help the fans of the men's team get to know who their players are. Yeah, I think you, know, you summed it up perfectly there. Get, you know, get those players out in, you know, in in the attention of, of the men's fans, you know, so, so they can start picking up names and faces and things like that. And, you know, got anything that garners interest, really. I love the, 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 the picture one where they had to guess who it was. Brilliant. Three minutes of entertainment. That was I could listen to Paige and Lucy Quinn laugh all day long. They've got such infectious laughs. And I think it's really good that Marissa, someone who's been out injured, who came back in, I forgot to mention this, she came back in a reserve game or academy game this past week, so that's good to see, that she is so involved, given that English isn't her first language, we know that, but she is she's so eloquent and such a great role model for the club, and she's always out there doing all these sorts of activities. And she's excellent with the supporters as well, you know, after every game, coming over, shaking hands, pictures and signing things for the kids and... You know, like you say, for someone who's come from a different culture, you know, a different country in Germany to to come in and and really, really get what Blues is about. I think I think, you know, she's been really, really impressive in that sense, as well as on the pitch. And as you say, the sooner she can get back in the in the fold, the better, because, you know, she's, she's an excellent player and a valuable part of this squad. And someone who can pop up with a goal or two in cup competitions. So that's good. For oh, yes. Going forward. That's all we have time for this week. Thank you for listening to the show this year. It's been great for you to be on our journey. We shall return in the new year to preview the Reading game, which I think is around the 6th or the 7th of January. Thank you to my wonderful co-host Chris and Kaz. Kaz couldn't be here today, unfortunately, but she's been a delight to have on the show since the summer. You can find Kaz at team underscore Schroeder on Twitter. You can follow Chris at A-W-C-A-I-B and myself at Craig Hadley. If you'd like to support the show, we have some t-shirts and hoodies available to order from our store. Go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T-L-Y, dot com forward slash keep right on. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember... Keep right on. Keep right on till the end of the road. Keep right on till the end of the road.